Welcome to Investors Insight, where today's topic is the good, the bad, and the ugly. A lot to cover, uh, so let's jump right in. So, Adam, a lot of headlines to cover. And so, first, talk about the numbers real quick. Yeah, thanks, Bobby. The S&P closed down last week, uh, sitting at 4,328. So, our new short-term resistance level now sits at 4,370, giving us a new support level of 4,290. Uh, it's important to keep in mind that the 50-day moving average has fallen a little bit to 4,529, but we're still having some hope with some of these uh, fundamentals that the guys are going to talk about here in a second, uh, especially with jobs and some other things that correlate with these technicals and really to test these support lines. And, and so, Ty, the, the title, The Good, The Bad, The Ugly, you've got the good. Talk about the good and the jobs report last week. Last week on the blog, we kind of highlighted a, a small part about jobs, but told you that the employment number would come out um, this past Friday. It came out and it was pretty strong. We beat on non-farm payroll numbers or jobs report. The unemployment rate fell to 3.8%. Labor force participation rate highest it's been uh, since COVID hit. And uh, average hourly earnings saw no wage inflation. So while you may think, well, you know, that's not great that we're making a little less money, um, it is a good thing when it comes to the Fed because that gives them a little ammunition to uh, maybe not over hike uh, when it comes to rates if they see uh, a little bit lack of inflation. And for the first time, we're starting to see some job growth um, since pre-COVID in some areas, trade, transport, utilities, information, financials, business services. These are all growing now. So definitely good. Yeah, Ty, that's a great report that we saw last week and we needed that. We needed that good news. Really, all, all around that, the full report was good news. So uh, now let me talk about the bad, the ugly real quick. So the bad, the ugly is that over the weekend, we saw oil spike on the news. The U.S. is looking to ban uh, the import of Russian oil and energy products. And, and while Russia only accounts for 3% of American imports, it's no secret that the price of oil has skyrocketed over the last week. And as you can see in this chart, it now stands at roughly 60% above its 200-day moving average. And this is the most stretch it's been since 1990 oil price shock uh, when we saw Iraq invade Kuwait. So you know, during that period, the price of oil more than doubled in three months and stayed elevated uh, for almost really six months. And so during the 1990 oil shock that you can see in this chart, the S&P 500 corrected 20% and the U.S. entered a recession. And so while this year the S&P is down really roughly 11.9%, from its January 3rd peak, there could be further term volatility. Something we're watching carefully is that in 1990, looking back in history, uh, the Fed funds rate was 8% and eventually embarked on the easing cycle uh, where the Fed was cutting rates. Today, the Fed is at the beginning of a hiking cycle. So there is a lot to analyze between the positives of really strong corporate earnings, uh, the positives of a great jobs report that Ty covered versus what history says about current oil spikes. And so, Trey, uh, talk about the Fed and give us an update on rates because that's important here. Yeah, thanks, Bobby. So it's something we're looking at closely and we're, and we're hearing in the financial press is the yield curve. And let me just explain what that is. The yield curve is the difference between where rates are at different, different lengths of time. So short end, whether it's three month, two year, five year, then 10, 20, you want to see you want to see higher rates the longer you go out because you want investors to be rewarded for taking on the risk of long term. And so what we're getting concerned about with, the, with this Russia-Ukraine situation is we're seeing the yield curve flatten, which means that the interest rates on 10-year Treasury bonds are coming down, which means buyers are coming in 
what we're seeing. So we're seeing interest rates come down as people are, are, are flooding through low-risk assets. But the two-year Treasury, we're seeing yields go up because the Fed is pushing rates higher on the short end because they're raising short end rates. And so right now, the difference between, I'll show you on this chart, the difference between the 10-year Treasury yield for money being invested for 10 years and two-year Treasury yield is only 0.25%. That's very tight. Now, that's not negative. Traditionally, when we see when we see it go negative, which means you get more money for investing short-term than long-term, that's an indication the, the economy is shifting into recession. We're not there yet. We're now, we're, we're not, it may look like we're close, but we're really not that close yet. But this is an indicator that the Fed may need to may need to be less aggressive because the Fed doesn't want to push us into that inverted yield curve scenario. So as as the global uh, economy kind of gets gets a little scared and we're seeing the dollar strengthen, we're seeing uh, flows into U.S. assets, we're seeing a long-term rates fall, that may limit the ability of the Fed to be too aggressive, which in the intermediate term is likely good for financial assets. So something we're watching very closely is this yield curve, uh, the tens versus two-year treasury yield. Yeah, there's a seesaw uh, of the great news of great corporate earnings, positive jobs reports, and a Fed that might be less aggressive versus the ugly history that uh, the market has and the economy has with higher oil prices. So a lot to digest. Uh, We're on top of it. If you have any questions about everything going on or the market volatility, please give us a call. We love hearing from our clients and viewers. Uh, But everybody have a great week, and we'll see you next Monday. Thanks. Mm -hmm.